G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and this week I'm joined once again by Mr. Ty. Ty, how you doing, buddy? I am fantastic, Abia. Good to be back. That's good. That's awesome. Must be excited to get back to work. Oh, 100%. It's probably the best <laughs> news Victoria's had in the last nine months at least. Get back to some normalcy. <laughs> Definitely. Some sort of... COVID normal, as as they say around these parts. As they keep saying, COVID normal. Yeah. <laughs> people from overseas or people from other parts of Australia, if you guys aren't aware, we've actually been in a pretty strict lockdown for the past couple of months, and this week is going to see the uh, a, a new stage of easing of the restrictions, so seeing retail opening and hospitality opening to some degree, which is good. We've got the we got we got the first, this week's all about getting businesses and people back to work and then next week's all about exactly you know visitation and all that sort of stuff. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's only going to happen if uh, you know people keep list you know people keep trying to do the right thing, wear masks, sanitize, just follow the rules, guys, and just be responsible. Just it's not that hard. See it. Like, I'm sure our grandparents who survived the, like, world wars and shit are probably, like, calling us soft. I'm pretty sure even <laughs> if you look at other countries in the world right now, we're not doing that bad. You know what I mean? I mean, we, we ain't doing as bad as Europe, well, Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you think it's rough here. <laughs> I think uh, we could uh, talk a little bit about what was on our website last week. Because, you know what? We had a pretty solid trio of releases, man. We've had a pretty good few weeks actually but last week in particular was pretty good yeah so first up we had ruby uh, having a chat with calliope rider from star cult which you folks might know is the studio behind best friends forever uh, which is the the dog training dating sim (laughs) (laughs) that ruby reviewed recently and then we had harry reviewing the first expansion for doom eternal which is the ancient gods part one it's got new levels uh new narrative and new challenges but it looks like it's not necessarily like taking away from the original game which is good if anything i've um from what you can read in uh, harry's review and see at other places see what other people have talked about online is it's really just an extension of what's already there in a good way it's yeah. not like a exactly a, like, it's not just like extra content it's like it takes the mechanics and uses them in some new interesting ways Exactly, exactly, and, that, and that, that's the thing. You, I, th- I don't know if you agree, but I think that's the, the best thing you can do, uh, the best you can hope for in a DLC. When it comes to expansion DLC content for any game, that is the best thing you can do. Just take what's already there and try some new things. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And then we had, how should I put it, a long-awaited sequel to a beloved franchise it's the return yes so liam reviewed crash bandicoot 4 it's about time and uh well perfect title by the way (laughs) it's it's (laughs) it's the it's the right title we needed right it's what we needed as a people and (laughs) you know what great news is that liam really enjoyed it which is wonderful news because you know that's the thing when you bring back old series can go either way the thing is like Activision's been on a roll recently with the re-releases of Crash, the original Crash trilogy mm-hmm. and the Spyro trilogy, like the 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 new Crash Team Racing uh, re-release, the Nitro 
refueled. That was that was a pretty good package as well. So yeah, they've they've done some. They've, they've been doing good with the franchises. Yeah, they're all yeah, and, and you know what? That's a uh, that's more than you can say for a lot of, unfortunately, for a lot of a lot of companies when it touches uh, when it comes to uh, bringing back older franchises. A bit of foreshadowing for later in the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So before we talk about you know what's up in the news just want to give a shout out to you know all the awesome writers we've got on staff and you yourself included as well ty you know you've uh you've written for us before and hopefully we'll see you writing again oh soon. yeah i'm always i'm always around there's some, something will come all right ty let's move on to the news buddy <laughs> all right let's do it <laughs> So that was the awesome content that was on Double Jump last week. How about we shift things over to the news tie? And first things first, we've got a bit of a, a bummer story mm. to start start <laughs> things off with, unfortunately. That's one way to put it. And it and it has to do with Twitch copyright and some comments by, uh, let's just say, an outspoken Australian. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty vague thing. We're all pretty outspoken. <laughs> that's true. It's, I'm pretty sure it's in the constitution that we have yeah, to be. Yeah, that's right. We are, not, we are not the most obnoxious <laughs> continent on the planet for nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, for those following along at home, Twitch kicked off last week by deleting thousands of videos from a whole bunch of channels after it basically, I don't know, was forced to comply with some DMCA takedown notices that it got from various rights holders. Now, from what we know, it's it's basically been... Music publishers, yeah, you know, rec- rec- record labels and and things like that. You know, Twitch Twitch sort of came out and said the whole thing was because of licensed music. I'm pretty sure thousands of Twitch users got an email saying that Twitch has given a one-time warning to them and deleted videos that contained copyright infringing material. So, you know, songs in the background, songs from like a music video or something. And they and they did this instead of issuing um. Your traditional copyright strikes. Exactly. And generally, uh, you'd get three strikes and your channel's like kind of, you know, banned. But in this case, Twitch said that, well, because we de- we went out and deleted the content without giving you the chance to contest it or even to, you know, file a counter counter notification or seek a retraction from the rights holder in, in, in Twitch's words. Because for those for those at home who don't know how these things work, like with Twitch and YouTube and that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. get a copyright claim on a video or a stream or whatever it may yep. be, you have the option of filing a counterclaim in which you can appeal the process and yeah. possibly have it revoked. You can also, you know, appeal it. You, you can you can see if the rights holder can retract it. Yeah. I mean, if you talk about a counter notification, you could say that, well, what I was doing falls under fair use or what I was doing falls under, you know, um, like a, it was a transformative work. It was done for the purposes of parody and critique exactly. and all sorts of things. Exactly. And essentially, from what it seems like is that Twitch has been receiving thousands and thousands of these kind of claims from these big companies and and smaller labels and stuff and it looks like it basically just said you know what before this becomes a big legal battle for us how about we just do this you know once off takedown of all these content it seems like they've definitely been slammed with quite a lot of these things and they've kind of just tried to de- deal with it exactly and this is not the first time that twitch has done a move like this so back in june twitch actually prompted 
thousands of creators to go through and delete clips or VODs that were breaching copyright by having background music and things like that. And those those streamers kind of voluntarily did that after Twitch issued, you know, thousands of DMCA notices and, and passed them on to the creators. As well as copyright strikes, which is important to note because that's different to what they've done this time. Yeah, so that so the the thing about the difference being back in June, it issued strikes and then uh, you know, users got spooked and took down a lot of their content voluntarily, right? This time, Twitch hasn't even given them the option. Twitch has just gone out and deleted the content and then said, because you didn't yeah. have the chance to appeal, we're going to just give you a warning, not a copyright strike. So it's like, what What do you think? Do you think that's a fair trade? I, th- I don't necessarily think it's a fair trade, but I definitely see it as... Because it's, it's very similar to what happens on YouTube all the time. Yeah. Right. So it's very much Twitch trying to protect their platform. And in that sense, I can understand it because like, let's be honest, who wants to go up in a legal battle against like Sony music or something. But at the same (laughs) time, you really do need to protect your creators and give them something, give them that option to sort of rebuke because, you know, just because there is licensed music played somewhere doesn't necessarily mean you've infringed on any copyright just because it exists in your work and and we we see things like that you know sometimes when we stream games like sometimes this the music from within the game gets caught on some flag somewhere you see you see it very frequently when you watch people stream like a fifa or a 2k where the entire soundtrack is licensed music where streams will just get muted or yeah. you know the the v, the VOD gets uploaded later on in, or to YouTube or whatever, and the audio is just gone because it's been claimed yeah. by you know Fred Durst or something. <laughs> that is the second time today that there's been a reference to a member of the band Limp Biscuit. <laughs> once at work, and then you that's, that's a spooky day. Hey man, it's Fred Durst. <laughs> Fred is love. Fred is life. Fred is love. Fred is love. Everyone. Fred is love. It's like uh, I I get where Twitch is coming from here, and Twitch, like, like that's the thing. Twitch can't deny the fact that it is a media powerhouse now. Like considering mm. how many eyeballs are on there. Well, it's the streaming service. The closest competitor exactly. is YouTube Gaming, and it's like nothing. In and comparison. the thing is, like, even even if you're not even like comparing it to like other gaming streaming services. Like Twitch is competing with the likes of free to wear TV, cable TV, Netflix, oh, Amazon. Like if you've got a certain amount of time to be in front of a screen to watch something on demand, Twitch could be you're not like especially if oh, especially when you start talking about like esports and stuff as well. Exactly, man. Billions of dollars are spent every year because on it. Twitch. You know that's that's a that's a direct, like it's not a direct competitor to ESPN, but in you know what I mean, like it's the same sort of thing. Hey mate, um, I mean ESPN's been streaming things like uh, Evo championships and stuff. So that is true. I remember I mean, now it is becoming a direct uh, competitor. That is true. I do remember I was at um, a pub in Preston once, and I looked up yep. at the screen and saw League of Legends, and I was really confused. Uh, <laughs> you're confused. Imagine like the well, considering I was the younger, I was the youngest one there by at least twenty years. They would have been yeah. very confused. They're like, what? This must be some. <laughs> What is this? What's all these flashing colors? Why is this? Why is Toy Story on my screen? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like you, you think of all the billions of dollars there. Like Twitch has a lot. Like Twitch can't afford to be taken down by a big lawsuit or something like that. And I, d- I don't, I don't think they could be in. I don't think they could be taken down, but it would definitely hurt. Do it would I mean? hurt, and it would delay things, and it would affect relationships with advertisers and stuff. Mm. Uh, you know, if if you're 
especially if you're an advertiser who ha- wants to maintain some sort of like you know clean slate or something, you don't want to be seen to be partnering with what Hollywood deems to be piracy or you know it's yeah it's you don't you don't want you, you know you you don't want to upset the big boys exactly and, and, and the other thing that said when it comes yeah. to when it comes to this like you can clearly see yeah. that there's a shift in their response as opposed to when it happened in June because they've clearly made yeah. the attempt to remove the videos but also not distribute these copyright strikes again. Because yeah. you, you know, it's a, you got to remember, getting those three copyright strikes means the death of your channel. Like you're gone. Exactly, and Twitch doesn't always doesn't necessarily want to get rid of the channel. No, exactly. If because it brings the money, like you know. I mean, Twitch has done a Twitch has made a lot of questionable decisions in their time, but I yeah. I can kind of reason with this one. Twitch doesn't probably Twitch doesn't want to be put into a position where it's like it has to have a mandatory. It has to sign up for some mandatory, well, it's uh, music it, licensing program. It's it's and, the, it's the, again again to use the YouTube comparison. It's the same thing where YouTube when YouTube got as big as it is, it became yeah. sort of the part of the global media market. The big, the, you know, it became one of the yeah. big boys that had to adhere to their rules. It wasn't the wild wild yeah. like it's not the wild wild west internet anymore, unfortunately. But you know. Exactly. That's just one of the side effects that comes when your company gets as big as it is. You know, you've got to play yeah. in that world now. Exactly. It's a tricky situation. There's no easy way to get around, like, to navigate it. No, I feel. I feel like you know, uh, streaming services and video platform, video sharing platforms are still are still figuring out where they fit when it comes to copyright and that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, I don't think exactly. they've quite worked it out yet. And, you know, hopefully they do soon. But again, that's something that can only come with time. So hopefully in future their practices get better. But again, yeah. when that is, who knows? That's the thing. That's, it's it, like people have to realize this, this whole industry of esports, yeah, live exa- streaming yeah. at, such a live, at such a large scale is still relatively new. It's I relatively mean, new and it's big money. 100%. It is 100%, big I mean, money. Like didn't I mean I believe Amazon acquired Twitch for like four point something billion dollars in like yeah it was some something, ri- something it, it was some ridiculous amount like that yeah exactly so it was like Star money, right? it was like when Disney acquired Star Wars like it was like yeah. that level of like what <laughs> yeah and 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 that was like and Twitch was nowhere near as big as it is now no like. That was pre Fortnite. That was that, that was in that was in Twitch's infancy. So that was just when streaming was sort of just become the norm. Because before that, it was the only thing. The only thing comparative to it was like Let's Plays, and that sort yeah. of thing. There wasn't that live sort of like you had people yeah. live streaming, but live streaming. But they'll wasn't be on their thing. own websites and stuff. You you yeah. weren't really like Gamespot would have its own thing or yeah. Know, like if like you want like bomb or a lot, like even even people that are very big on YouTube today had their own websites where they yeah. streamed things and or yeah. posted the videos. And that's the thing, like, and especially because, uh, I mean, Mix is not around anymore and Facebook well, gaming no. is kind of dead in the ass. And YouTube gaming is just kind of, you know, it's there, but it's nowhere near as big. Like no. Twitch is where the Twitch is where all this, the eyeballs are and Twitch yeah, is where all the scrutiny is going to be. So I think Twitch is just being preemptive and just doesn't want to have to be forced to do anything so it's just kind of being preemptive well yeah. Twitch, Twitch did Twitch did for streaming what YouTube did for video sharing when you think of a video sharing platform yep. you immediately think of YouTube in the same way as when someone yep. says oh you want to watch a stream you immediately think about Twitch Twitch like it's synonymous yeah. with the term yeah exactly 
And, you know, a lot of us in the industry have been sympathetic with the streamers who've had to, you know, lose thousands of hours of content you know, from their channels. But I'll tell you, one person who is not as sympathetic is uh, is uh, our dear friend, <laughs> Alex Hutchinson. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say that. All right. So, <laughs> so, Alex Hutchinson, who's the... How should I say it? He's a... Games and Entertainment Creative Director uh, for North America, I think one of the North American studios for Google Stadia, which is Google's game streaming plat- uh, platform. So I think it was like Typhoon or something and then they got bought out by Google. His studio, Typhoon Games, was bought out by Google, I think last year. And so he got um, moved over into that Creative Director position at, at Stadia. And uh, you might folks might know them as the, uh, the developers of uh, Journey to a Savage Pla- Planet. Uh, which came out, I think, last year as well. So, mm. you know, uh, that game was like, you know, well-received and things like that. But it, but it like, didn't set the world on fire. Exactly. And, and Alex Hutchinson's also be, previously been at uh, Ubisoft working on uh, Assassin's Creed 3 and Far Cry 4. So he, he's worked on... He's been around the block. He definitely well. knows. He's definitely he's an experienced there. person in the industry. And it's worrying when you, when you hear things... <laughs> coming from him that aren't as positive so uh, for full context this is what Alex Hutchinson first these are the first couple of tweets that kind of kicked off the discourse online and the 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 drama so to speak surrounding his comments so uh, first tweet was streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they use music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well it's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it all right, that was that was his first that tweet. Was, that and was number quickly, one. Yep, he quickly followed that up with, "The real truth is the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use." All right, so so these these are the the the, the first two tweets. Now, I don't necessarily disagree in terms of. You there's know, there's, there's a to it. point to be made the, for licensing yeah. the music that you use and then licensing the the content, the games that you're playing, right? Well, the the age-old um, comparison is like you, you wouldn't be able to stream yourself watching a DVD or a film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you can do that with games and the argument is it's transformative because you're interacting with it and putting a personality over exactly. it. Exactly. Now, like... and, and I, I, You'd think that paying for the game and you know like we don't really own games really anymore like a lot of the things especially if you buy digital games you're you are buying a license to it i think his point with the streaming is a strange one though because it sounds to me kind of like how he's referring to the fact that streamers a lot of times get like review codes or they get sponsored by like a whatever you know they get sponsored to play a game and play it for whatever which begs the question as which kind of invalidates his point a little bit because it's like well if they're getting receiving the games from free from publishers like how are they supposed to pay for it well he's saying that well this is the thing so he he's saying that um uh, one of the tweets he talked about was that the those streams like when when publishers pay uh, a streamer to play a game is is that's well that's all considered part of the marketing spend Mm. you know that's that's promotion right and what happens after that? And here's another here's another thing. So this is another way that he's trying to explain it. All right. So here's uh, here's Alex Hutchinson again. Most of the time, playing the game just helps the streamer. 
people tune in to watch their show, quote-unquote, which is built on content they didn't pay for. If their show requires game content, then a percentage of their revenue should go to the game they used. Now... That's a very, it's a very hard stance to sort of argue Exactly, because if you think about it, like, games like Among Us, Fall Guys, you know, even Fortnite, you know, Apex Legends and stuff, you, you can definitely see that those games have benefited from the viewership heavily of, from the viewership of um, yeah, exactly, especially right? something it, like Among Us which was yeah which was it's been out for quite a while under the radar for like 2 yeah. years <laughs> you know and then it becomes a streamer's darling and now they've you know they've they've hit it really big and they've ca- they've like kind of canceled their second game so they can put all the effort into the first game to keep that going you know and yeah, and, and just make that an even better it, hit it's it's become a delayed smash hit some yeah, like and, it's bizarre but it's cool. But it's cool. You know what I mean? So you could argue that the the developer, you know, for the like has actually made more money because people have streamed it and people have gone and bought content or bought copies of the game than if there were no streamer playing it like online. And yes, you mean you didn't license that's the thing like and this is where it becomes a great thing. Yeah, right. Like I, I, I kind of agree with him when it comes to single player games, right? I think of a single player game. I don't think that you should be able to stream a whole single player game because you, I feel like. But then, you know, but then you it's sort not of tread- as transformative as a multiplayer game, which changes from match to match. You know, but what you, I mean? you sort of tread that line where you get instances like when Persona Five released and Atlas mm. had. Um, Restrictions. On the, yeah, the restrictions, like on the PlayStation Four, we or in embargoes on people yeah. streaming, whatever, where you couldn't stream past. I think yeah. it was the third palace. You couldn't stream yeah, past like, that. Like for me, in my opinion, all right, I'm just going to speak for myself. I agree that you shouldn't be able to stream a full single player game because the experience, like the levels, aren't changing. You know, the 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 cutscenes aren't changing like then it is a bit more like a movie it's like being in an interactive movie well, also kind of depends to, on the game there too exactly exactly you know some are procedurally generated things like that as well but yeah. but when it comes to a multiplayer game I find that a multiplayer game is essentially it's like it's like watching a real sport you know what I mean there's in a sense yes, yeah. the, the map is the same like the the, the arena is the same when you're playing the, a multiplayer game you it's essentially yeah, like, and it's you're trans- watching someone stream it you're, you're essentially exactly. watching someone be given you, they're using tools to sort of do something yeah and you're not going to necessarily experience what the, the 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 player went through exactly like for like but no. you're more likely to go through that in like a a a single player game well, if you, is very it, linear. Like, it's it's right? like if, if you watch someone if you watch someone stream The Last of Us Part Two or The Last of Us One, yeah, and then play The Last of Us Part Two or Part One, you're gonna get pretty much the same experience, bar the exactly. fact you're removing the personality from the stream. Exactly, you've got you've got the it's exactly the same. Yeah, way. so I I can see an argument for saying you know what if you you shouldn't be streaming that, and if you are, I I can see an argument there for not doing that, but. You can also argue that maybe seeing a game like The Last of Us played on a stream might make you want to go buy the game. But well, you, you, I can you know speak I mean? from if experience. I've seen yeah. I've seen people stream a game, or you know, someone upload yeah. a video on a game, and I've enjoyed it and gone, "Well, I'll buy it." Yeah, that maybe I necessarily wouldn't have otherwise. 
It's yeah. definitely it's definitely a weird sort of thing because again to go back to the film comparison like yeah, you buy a Blu-ray or a DVD or a cassette or whatever you're into you buy yeah. you buy some you buy a film or a TV show you own that disc that's your property but yeah. you can't then go onto Twitch and have like a a Netflix party to yeah. watch you know I don't know Game of Thrones season eight you can't do that yeah, yeah. and that's where you know the only real difference is that level of interactivity in both the single player and the multiplayer games. And it becomes that weird sort of like, well, you know, there have been cases where streamers have played games and it hasn't necessarily helped the development studio. Yeah. It's, you know, whether it's, you know, whether the game wasn't necessarily good and it cost them potential sales or. Yeah, exactly. It just, it just, it just didn't take off. You know, whatever. Like, it, it happens. Not every game becomes a smash hit. But mm, mm. that, you know, so it's an interesting notion. Yeah. But it becomes a legal... It becomes a nightmare like, just trying to think about how you would legally enforce it. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about it, like, when you buy a game, or when you pay for a subscription to a game, aren't you then... Don't you have the license to use the game as you see fit? So long as you're not, you know, pirating it? Now, is 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 his argument that you are pirating it? Well, in 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 theory, because this is this is a well, I mean, that's another another difference between the when you go back to the film comparison is when you're buying a game, you're buying software. Yeah, you're not buying a film, which is you're a not, which is a license, which is a license. Yeah, so you can make the argument. You know, it's just it's a very bizarre sort of grey area that it sort of sits in. But well, I, I think I think the biggest thing to focus on really is how the game, how the industry sort of adapted to it. You know, like a yeah. lot of a lot a lot of the time, you'll find that the streaming is encouraged by bigger and smaller publishers. I mean, I mean, think about it. If you're if if both the major consoles have a built-in feature that lets you stream, mm. and every game that comes out on a console needs to be approved by said. Um, console manufacturer you need to license you need to have a license to publish on Sony platforms you need a license to publish on Microsoft platforms which means that as part of their terms and conditions there are things that say you have to make sure that your game can be streamed or that you're or or at the very least that you're okay with it supported or that you're okay with it right so then the publishers and the developers have already accounted for that you know they've already said yes to it and the and the person buying the game has already said, yeah, I've said yes to it. I, I accept the fact that I own this thing and I'm going to use it how yes. I see fit. So then, haven't we? Or like, is that like, uh, is Alex Hutchinson effectively, you know, what what he's suggesting? Would that be double dipping on the part of the, you know, the the console manufacturers or the publishers or the developers? What do you think? Oh, it definitely could be seen as double dipping because if you go down that line of thinking, where like you know, developers should be... Because if you say that you can't stream because you're using someone's content, what, yeah. do, you, what, what, what do you then say about, like, Doom map packs? Or, yeah. you know, um, something like Cry of Fear, which is a Half-Life 2 mod, but it's a full game. Yeah. That's available for free. That's the thing. Like, are you allowed to do that? Well, this mod took away the opportunity for us to make our own horror-themed expansion. You know, you could argue that. Yeah, it's and you see it a lot. You see it a lot with... um publishers and developers you know with the exception of valve who seem to actively encourage it for better and for worse yeah. you see a lot of I mean, like you know 
Nintendo's done it before where it said not nah, you're not allowed to stream. Oh, they Smash go they Brothers. go hard. Like there was that um there was that Pokemon not but it wasn't really Pokemon MMO that was on uh, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, Temtem. Temtem, that's it. Tem-tem. And Nintendo lost their shit. Like yeah. <laughs> they went nuts. I mean, I think they've softened up a bit lately when it comes to things like that, but they're still very hard. And then you've got other things where you've got like you know, like a Warhammer which absolutely annihilate any sort of fan fan interaction. Or yeah. you know, so it becomes this weird like you know if it's not okay for this is it okay for this because you know even something like say i want to do a i want to share a speed run where i'm you know actively breaking the engine in order to achieve a faster time like is that okay yeah because i've bought it and i'm allowed to do that but you know i can't share that does that is that when it becomes okay or does it become not okay beforehand when i'm breaking the engine or like it, it just becomes a nightmare to sort of like pinpoint where the problem arises and where it ends and how you would legally go about sort of controlling it. Especially when the markets are the way they are with like Twitch and YouTube and that, like, you know, that's yeah. massive money, as we said. Like how how are 100%. you go, how are you going to go about changing the status quo there? Well, we see things like uh Epic Games, right? On yes. the Epic Games store you can tag a creator that linked you to a game and then that creator so that streamer or you know youtuber or whatever uh, gets a cut of the sale and then that lets epic games track where the sale came from and the developer can use that information and stuff and it becomes so a, even, and it becomes useful advertising you know you can you yeah fortnite wouldn't be as big if epic didn't know their market and the thing is publishers wouldn't be paying streamers to play games if there, it wasn't data to show that it positively affects sales. And that's, because yeah. they want to save money. They don't want to spend money on shit that they don't need to. So there's a reason why these streamers and YouTubers get games early and traditional gaming outlets don't get the early access anymore like they used to because they know that people are hooked. Yeah, traditional outlets aren't really where people go anymore. Yeah. A lot of the times people go to the independent outlets. Mm. Like I I know myself, like, okay, I peruse the gaming media when the game comes out, but I also have a lot of independent content creators that I sort of trust their opinions on. And that's sort of where the market shifted and where like Alex's Hutchinson's sentiment sort of becomes moot. But again, bringing it back full circle, there is an argument to be made that maybe it's not necessarily in the best interest of developers, maybe short term or in the long run, to sort of, you know, it's 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 a complicated thing. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I think, you know, when you buy when you do buy a some music or you buy a movie or a TV show, right? There's stuff written on the box that says not. Not for public broadcast. Yeah, not for you. You can't privately resell it or screen it or anything. Exactly like that. right. So you can't just go out and go start up a neighborhood cinema and charge people to watch a movie with you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You can't alter- do that. Alternatively, you can't go down to like JB Hi-Fi and just start, buy up a buy up a, a bunch of vinyls and then sell them at triple the price. Uh, yeah, like, like you, you legally can't do that. I mean, you probably get away with it, really. Oh probably. yeah, yeah. As in, like, I mean, you could get you away with it, but you it. can't. Then um, <laughs> you can't do it. But then you can't just turn around set up a stall where you charge people to listen to the music but no with games because you are not approved to do that it would, the thing is like if you look in the UELA's and I mean I don't 
uh, sorry, EULAs, EULAs <laughs> or whatever. Like, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's stuff in there that allows it. Otherwise, Twitch wouldn't exist. You know, like Twitch would just no. Twitch, Twitch wouldn't. Twitch, Twitch would have disappeared a long time. Yeah, and ago. Amazon wouldn't have backed it and bought it. And so clearly, no. clearly, there's and it's not there's a and it's validity. not like this hasn't happened before. I mean, yeah. like there was a time where publishers like Ubisoft and you know EA, you know all the big ones who sort of encourage streaming now. Yeah, there was a there was a time where didn't trust it. They were they they were the same. They yeah. would take down anything that yeah. they saw as you know impeding their profit margin. Yeah, and and I think it's kind of telling that you know uh, Google has come out and you know uh, shortly after you know Hutchinson's rant uh, a Google spokesperson <laughs> told 9to5google.com that uh, Hutchinson's ideas quote unquote do not reflect those of Stadia YouTube or Google and uh, and uh, also Google's uh, global head of gaming Ryan White who also heads up I think YouTube gaming uh, he also tweet- tweeted that YouTube considers quote unquote publishers and creators to have a wonderfully symbiotic relationship so other people in Google don't agree with Alex's comments, but and I mean they common sense would dictate that they wouldn't because they own YouTube. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. it, like Alex, Alex really did overstep his bounds a bit by, and he did go back and update his Twitter bio to say, "Oh my, these are my opinions, not Google's." You know what I mean? But it was I think kind of too late by then. It was it, you know he clearly had to distance himself, and like in his defense. I think it, I think people do need to remember with things like this that you know uh, an individual's opinion does not necessarily represent the overall company or corporation they work for. Yeah. But that said, there was a very immediate attempt from Google to distance themselves from it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it, it, it's a contradict it, it, it's a contradicting stance. And really. I think you it's... can't have someone who heads up your game division. Yeah. Or heads up a studio you know, criticizing something that you make quite a lot of money off of. Exactly. And you're right. Google has a vested interest in letting people use their content, use, use publishers' content to make these, you know, quote-unquote transformative works, right? That's yeah. the thing. It, it's, it's not like these people are just... All right, if you're just streaming a playthrough of a game and you're saying nothing... There's no camera. There's nothing. You're just literally playing the game. I can see. You know what? Yeah, don't let that because you're not transforming anything. You're literally just showing the game. You know. But then, where do walkthroughs yeah. fall into that line? Well, even walkthroughs will have text saying you got to go here. You know. I and, suppose. Or, yeah. And you all you'll have someone explaining like oh. Uh, you know, explaining what's happening on screen. That's transformative, right? But just like a flat upload. It was just a flat just, upload of yeah. just. Then, then it's basically just gameplay footage which so is just just raw footage which is then you you'd say okay well that's actually just copyright of the owner because you're not transforming it in any way you know is it different to someone who's entertaining an audience like it's like funniest home videos and stuff you know like you're <laughs> if it was just the video you'd you know you'd think the person who made the original video should get paid but when you're transforming it in such a way like it's a different form of entertainment or different form of content it's not the original content anymore it's something on top of it and if you took away that other layer of entertainment, you would not have the same enjoyment. So therefore, you would argue that I'm actually changing the experience of the game by, you know, we're having a laugh or we're playing with mates or we're we're breaking down, we're having a critique. You know what I mean? I mean, that's yeah, how documentaries I, I, I and stuff I can see what survive. you're saying, yeah. No, I, I definitely... And, I, and I, I certainly agree. Yeah. But... Um, I mean, we're not lawyers. <laughs> 
let's, no, let's be oh, clear. No, no, no. <laughs> just for the for the record, I am not in the. We are Neither not in the slightest bit legally trained. So just yeah. putting that out there. This is just our opinions. Uh, but um, <laughs> I think uh, before we kind of close out the story, like one thing we'll say is that Hutchinson has caught flack in the past before when he was at Ubisoft, where uh, when he was asked about you know the lack of female characters in Far Cry 4's co-op, co-op mode. <laughs> I still laugh. I still laugh every time I hear His it. His explanation, <laughs> and I kid you not, like this is... This is the explanation. Uh, when Ubisoft Montreal, you know, when asked about why they when why you couldn't play as a woman, uh, basically, uh, this is from a Kotaku story published a couple of years ago. All right, so this is a quote from Alex Hutchinson. It's really depressing because we almost we were inches away from having you be able to select a girl or a guy as your co-op buddy when you invite someone in. And it was purely a workload issue because we don't have a female reading for the character. We don't have all the animations. And so it was this weird issue where you could have a female model that walked and talked and jumped like a dude. It's, what? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's like, I, yeah, it's, it's strange. You're saying that there are no, strange. there are no female voice actors around. No, like, professionals all he had to say really was it hadn't crossed our minds at the time and by the time we had decided to implement it it was already too too close to shipping yeah that's all he had to say yeah and 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 don't say and 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 like oh we don't have and and then he goes we can't animate it like yeah this is this is in 2014 right (laughs) so this is a few years ago now like the gaming industry has changed a lot since then right and so is ubisoft for that matter yeah so so, unfortunately for this one, no, but I can guarantee you that in the future, moving forward, this sort of stuff will go away. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, six years on, yes. Like, if we've finally yeah. gotten to a point, but it's just the fact that you could get away with that even then, it's just a... But you couldn't... I don't think you could, though, because he definitely copped a lot of flack Oh, he copped it, it but so it, was, it was nowhere it was near one as of much the... as he would cop now. It, it was definitely one of the things that led to current Ubisoft, you know, after AC Syndicate with the inclusion of Evie Fry and all those sorts of things. This was definitely yeah, one cause, of the Because uh, Unity was also... I think Unity also copped flack because uh, it, that was the one where, like, the creative de- director was like, oh, it's too difficult to animate women. <laughs> yeah, and again, all he had to say was, it's about a dude. Yeah, and even with that, Assassin's... That's all he needed to say. Yeah, and even with Assassin's Creed 3, like, alongside that was Assassin's Creed Liberation, which is, like, mm-hmm. that the, 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 the PSP kind of offshoot, and that had a female character as its lead, set in roughly yeah. the same time period in the same area, so you can't the, even um... use historical... I'm just... Yeah. It was dumb. It's different. It, it, yeah, it's just bizarre. It's like just, his, it, it was a time. It was a time where developers just said whatever. Long story short, he, he's got a history, and yeah, he hasn't apologized or anything for it. You know what? You, you can admire someone, but for for sticking to their guns about when you when you Look, have a tirade he... against streamers and you end it with "All right, everyone, I'm going to go play some Fall Guys on stream," like what? <laughs> Like I, I don't know if that I don't know if that was on like if that was deliberate, that is a fantastic troll. Yeah, that's clearly one of the best trolls of the. Year. And people also talked about um, his Twitter banner, is is uh, like a fan artwork of uh, Jack Skeptic Eye, uh, like as like the character from Journey to a Savage Planet, and mm. he's like taken that fan art and cropped out the place where the, the artist drew their 
like their watermark, like their signature, like. Like, this is on purpose. Like, come on. Like, that's just... If you're going to but talk about bit... stealing content... <laughs> but it's even less than that from stealing content. Yeah. It's like, that. It, Jacksepticeye is a person who streams video games. Yeah. So that kind... And, you know... Like, you're celebrating someone who helped your game sell. I mean, you could argue that. Who knows? But also... But, yeah. yeah. And But you're also complaining about that very same thing. Exactly. It's just... It's a... It's... It's a... It, you know, it's just... Why? Just yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why is Alex? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. I'm sure he's gonna have. A st- he's had a stern talking to, come. Uh, you know, come first day back. So, we'll we'll see what happens in the wake. <laughs> I'm sure in the office he got a bit of a got a bit of a slap. Mm, yeah. Well, you know what? That's that story there. We've we've talked we've talked at length about it. How about we move on to some of the the other news? All right. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be a good i good idea, and in some. Uh, Less confrontational news. <laughs> yep. Depending on your perspective. <laughs> Microsoft is going in, is moving to have all Minecraft players log in with MS Microsoft accounts as opposed to Mojang accounts. Mm. So starting early next year, all Mojang games will require players to log into their Microsoft accounts. New players will have to create one. The Minecraft team explained that for safety and security reasons, it's going to have two-factor authentication and all those other good things that come yeah, with parental this sort of controls stuff. and blocking chat yes. and unwanted invitations, and in, which is good for you know, younger people yep. and stuff as well. Yep, and although it and it will be across all versions of Minecraft on all platforms. So if you're playing on a PlayStation, you will have to sign yep. in with a Microsoft account. Yeah. There won't be any drastic changes to that other than having to sign in. Yeah, with the and, and even like people who play on OG Minecrafts, you know, the Java-based one, you know, that's yeah. they shouldn't have any issues either. And you'll even get a free cape for completing the account migration, which is a little little bonus from, from Microsoft. Some free Mojang. cosmetics. Hey. Thank you very much. <laughs> Take my data. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> but But overall, I don't really see this as a problem. Like some yeah. people are, there's, there's some criticism. Especially with Facebook and Oculus and, you know, you, I bought yeah, this $1,000 headset and now I've got to log in with your, you know, give you my data. And, it, like, what? and, if, and if I delete my Facebook, I lose my purchase. Like, you know. Yeah. I, I think. It's that. Yeah. There was, some, there was something about that. But. <sighs> yeah. I don't. This, this I don't see anywhere near as bad. If anything, I just see it as a, an extension like of housekeeping. what Microsoft's already. Yeah. It's just what Microsoft has already been doing. Like, yeah, where the they're trying to, like, bridge that gap between all their cross-platform stuff with their game pass. Yeah, like, and... if this means that the player experience is actually going to be improved and it's going to be less chance of getting hacked and things like that and, you know, getting spammed as well and chat by um, strangers, that'll be as good. Well as, potentially ma- as well as potentially making cross-pay a lot easier. Exactly. You know so, I mean? it's, going into on paper, year. looks like a lot, lot of positives and it doesn't seem like Microsoft's, you know, hopefully Microsoft isn't going to do anything nefarious with the data that is associated you know with your microsoft <laughs> account but yeah you know what like we people forgive uh, people hate on facebook a lot but uh you know microsoft's also in the data business let's not lie let's let's not joke let's not kid or, ourselves you uh, know? any 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 corporation that requires or any company that requires you to give them personal details mm. there's a 97 percent chance they're in the data trade, whether it's Google, Sony, Microsoft, or whoever. You can kind of bet on it. Yeah. But whether that affects your day to day life, well, that's another. That's another story. Exactly. Entirely. You know. I think. I think. Yeah. I think where we are now, that's kind of just an accepted 
Exactly. And I think the thing is, like, the difference between, like, a Facebook versus the Microsoft is that, like, you know, when you're buying a $1,000 piece of hardware, you've given a lot of money. You shouldn't have to give your data as well, right? No, That's and I, I, I shouldn't have to give like you know my yeah. personal, yeah, and my personal data, my you know my e footprints, my. That's what. That's one Facebook. That's like Facebook doesn't kid it like kid anyone by, you know, it's not fooling anyone. It, it is collecting that data and stuff, and you can you can hope that Microsoft isn't doing the same, because people have you know sure they haven't spent like thousands of dollars or whatever setting up all VR, studio, but they have spent you know twenty thirty hundred bucks on a, a game. And so you, you yeah. hope they're not asking for your data on top of the money you've already given them. Yeah, well, that's definitely the hope. But again, I just don't see. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see Microsoft going down that road. Yeah, I, I. I think it'll legit just be like a housekeeping thing. Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of like when, um, like a, a game changes client or. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, uh, like when you go onto Battle.net or something. Yeah. I just see it as something like that, really. Like, it's just signing with a Microsoft account. It's a Microsoft product. Um, this lets us keep track of who's playing, who's doing what, which is, okay, that's a data issue, but that's what all developers do. They, they like to know who's playing what and where they're playing it. And exactly. Especially with Microsoft's push into next-gen, where they don't really seem to be focusing on a console market so much as they're focusing on, like, an all-inclusive um, sort of PC-integrated market. Yeah. So, again, this just seems like another attempt at Microsoft to sort of unify everything under that banner. Yeah, yeah. Interesting point, though, will be to see what they do if this affects um, other Microsoft things, like the uh, recently acquired Bethesda Studios. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I'd be interested to see if the uh, Bethesda clients that they used to call that 76 and whatnot and the Creation Club, I'd be interested to see if all that gets moved over to Microsoft. You don't need a Bethesda account anymore? Well, that would be nice. But yeah. again, I'd if I'd just see them replacing it with a Microsoft account. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's the thing. Like Microsoft yeah. is all about. You get them into the Microsoft ecosystem, and then you can, you know, oh, you need some more game storage, or you know, what if you get yourself a OneDrive account? Oh, you know, like you know, things can happen. There's there's always opportunities there. So yeah, things 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 can happen. But again, I ju- just we just got to have faith. I think that's all we can. Yeah, do. just cross cross your fingers and. Hope that Microsoft don't do what the evil, greedy corporations always do. And speaking of being... uh, speaking of some maybe some poor decisions made along the line, <laughs> how about we talk about our next story, which is kind of a very strange one because, all right, Hardsuit Labs, the developer of Vampire: The Masquerade: Bloodlines Two, which is currently in development, has lost another senior designer. Now, a couple of months Correct. ago. Uh, lead writer Brian Matsoda and creative director Kai Clooney left the uh, Bloodlines 2 project and it was a very sudden decision, not going to lie. Yeah, you know, it, it, it definitely seems like one of those corporate resigns. Something you know happened. I mean? you, 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 have a, you, you always get the vibe that something happened behind the scenes that wasn't good and these guys are like, you know what, we're out. Yeah, it definitely seemed either that or it was a, look, we no longer require you guys. We like you know we've got different visions, exactly. And however you can interpret that, yeah. And it now what's happened is uh, Paradox Interactive, which is publishing the game, has confirmed that Kara Ellison, as who was the senior narrative designer on the game, 
is uh, has decided to leave Hartood Labs, and this is a quote, and is no longer working on Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. So that's confirmed. And the reason why it was confirmed is because League of Geeks, the folks working on the game called Armello, announced that she had just joined them as a senior narrative mm-hmm. designer. So that's uh, so that happened before the announcement of her leaving happened. So that was why people were asking for some clarification. Now, Cara Ellison has written on a number of games before. You know what? I think she's been at. Let me let me look up Cara Ellison. <laughs> I have seen. Yeah, I, she's worked on a fair few games. Uh, let's see, because she used to be like a games journal. You know, she's yeah, written yeah. for. Uh, PC Gamer, Rock, Paper, Shotgun and stuff for, for a while now. And she's, yes, so she was, yes, she worked on Dishonored 2 and, you know, she was, she did, just did testing for uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. So, you know, moving on to Dishonored 2 was kind of the big break that she got. And then moving on to, you know, Bloodlines 2, which is, you know, a follow-up to a beloved franchise, um, not just in the in the gaming scene, but also in the tabletop gaming scene. Mm-hmm. Like that was a you know a, a big move for her, and the fact that she's leaving like such a such a big position, you know, I, I, I something happened. It's also important to note that both Brian, that all three of these people had some connection to um, narrative design. So Brian Misoto was yep. the lead writer of the original game and the sequel. Mm. And this one, and, and the Kai, sequel, yeah. And Kai Clooney was the creative director. And now you've got the narrative yeah. director leaving. So it clearly seems like there's something going on in sort of a, whether it's the writing or the story department. That's the thing. Like, So if we speculate for a second, what it sounds like is that maybe other people at the studio or maybe the publisher want the game to go a certain way in terms of its narrative or, and you know, this... or the way it's overall world is being set up and and this is something that's been a problem these people didn't agree no like, these people didn't agree and they've they've left do, do you think that's got something to do with other stuff in the universe of the game well first off like anyone who's played the masquerade bloodlines like myself i've played it too much but there's definitely um <laughs> there's like playing through it there's definitely and i i've written a piece on double jump before about this and i mentioned that you know yeah. this it's it's a world about monsters and not in like it's very different to anything else like say like a vent like your vampire from don't nod or anything like that in the sense that like there are no nice people there's so, like this is a, this is a world filled with terrible people and horrible horrible things like the original game there's a quest line about snuff films and like snuff pornography and things of that nature mm. like it's just not a nice world to be in and that's what yeah. that's and that that's that was also true of the tabletop up until a few years ago, where they sort of yeah. started to change focus to sort of bring it in line with the sort of current year, where like things of these nature don't necessarily fly as well as they used to. Like yeah. the original Masquerade Bloodlines, you would be you'd be very hard pressed to sort of release that as it was from a writing standpoint, and I kind of see that could lead mm. into what's going on here. There's that clash of yeah. sort of like, well, like especially with Brian Minnesota, who was the lead writer on the original, I can see him coming in and wanting to, you know, sort of redo what they did there, and the developer sort of being like, well, maybe tone it down a bit. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I can definitely see that being an issue. Whether that is the issue, I don't know. Nobody knows, but there's definitely a problem because the game's been delayed twice. Yeah, it was maybe a re- the maybe the maybe the publishers looking at like the criticism and saying, oh, you know. 
how about you don't go in the direction you guys wrote in the previous game? How about you do more to what the the tabletop people are are wanting, and then maybe there's a creative difference there. You know, you know, they started including more progressive, sort of more inclusive sort of attitudes. You know, they had like diff- you know, it's like they there was a big controversy over a character in the tabletop who was a flat out like good guy. Like they were objectively yeah. a nice person, which doesn't mesh well with the Worlds of Darkness <laughs> franchise as a whole, and that was a drama in and of itself. Yeah. And I can kind of see yeah, that, like, yeah, like this, yeah, you're you're playing a vampire for a start, right? And the vampires in this universe are dicks and do terrible things, and you yeah. yourself, as a player, do terrible things. I mean, just to play the game, you want to cast magic, you're going to have to suck a hobo's blood. You're going to have to yeah. do something. You have to do something nasty. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way to avoid it. It's just, it's a, you know, and that's that's the whole point. You're playing as yeah. monsters. Because, like, that's the thing. Like, Vampire the Masquerade is a subset of the World of Darkness. Yes. And the Bloodlines games are the, is a subset of Vampire. Of the Masquerade, yes. Of the masquerade, yeah. Yes. So, so, like, there's there's there's, like, heap, there's heaps of masquerade ways, material. Yeah. Like, there's other masquerade games themselves, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, but Bloodlines, as we all know, is the cult classic, despite its yeah. many flaws. But um, it yeah. just it it worries me because it just it seems to me like the game is going down a very familiar path. So anyone who's played the original knows that it's a mess, and without mods. It, it just, it's, it doesn't, it's not a functional game. It's broken. And that was because yeah. of, you know, the development of that game was a nightmare. And it's a testament to how talented those people were that what came out was as good as it was. Yeah. That said, it's starting to seem like we might have a repeat for different reasons. Where it just seems yeah. like there might be, whether it's too many cooks, they've got no real direction. I, I'm not sure. But when your game is set to be released in February of 2020, I think it was and then gets delayed yeah. to TBD 2021, yeah. that's not a good sign, like, at all. Yeah. Especially when you don't give a reason. Like, this isn't Cyberpunk, where they've yeah. come out and they're like, okay, we're delaying the game for Polish, and every week we're going to be streaming the game, some new things to show you things. Like, you know, that's a very different sort of attitude to delaying the game. And it, yeah. you know, changes the narrative quite drastically. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like it's, there's trouble afoot at Hard Suit Labs, and I I really hope that the game, with all the changes being made to it, like you know, Hard Suit and Paradox have committed to keeping a lot of Ellison's work in the in the game because you know we've seen with games like Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Know, Anthem and things like that. Games that go through these rough changes oh, pretty Destiny. deep into development, they rarely come out good. Yeah, they've they've and they've you, rarely like you, Vanilla Destiny is a great example where they rebooted the yeah. I think it was six months before launch. They restarted yeah, development. Was, yeah. And it's like uh, insanity. Yeah. And the game comes out and it's got problems. And you say yeah. and it's becoming more and more common, unfortunately. Like especially like you look at Bioware. You know, yep. they like they had a lot of, they had to win back a lot of you know trust from consumers after Mass Effect Three, which they did with Inquisition, and then Andromeda and Anthem are disasters for exactly the same reasons. Mm. You know, just lack of direction, inflated budgets, and 
you know, there's nobody there controlling it. And I think that's becoming, it's sort of becoming a bigger and bigger problem. And it leads into, you know, like, I just don't see Bloodlines 2 coming out in a good spot. I just, I, I, if I had, if I had to make a prediction, it's not going to be as good as the original. If not, it's not going to live up to a modern standard at the very least. And that sucks because people have been waiting sixteen years for the sequel. Well, it's a, it, it's, it's honestly a sequel like I myself never thought we'd yeah. get. Like, if you had yeah. asked me three years ago, oh, do you reckon Bloodlines two would get a Bloodlines would get a sequel? I'd be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like. <laughs> you know, because the game wasn't a success on release. It was, yeah. you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was. It's a cult classic. It's a I'd cult say. classic. It's like one of those. Ga- it's like a B. It's like a B movie. You know, you could tell the budget was restricted and stuff. It's it's a rough game, but it has its charm. It has, yeah, it has its charm, and you know, with the dedication of the mod team that made yep. the uh, unofficial patch that restored a lot of the um, content. Got a, yeah, you know that. Like, it's clear that there was a great game being made and we can now for the most part play that game but yeah. um yeah and, and you know well, it's it's yeah. it's the same it, it it really does seem like the same thing where valve made development on the first one hard because of you know the use of the source engine and the close proximity yeah. to half-life um seems yeah. like hard suit labs is just you know getting a little too involved in the process yeah. I could, yeah. I, you know, we could be completely wrong here in speculating. We're speculating, but because there's you know, been this no is, official this is all word. based on how this is how things look, and given the way other games have gone like this, like it's, 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 there was creative differences somewhere. Yeah, there's definitely creative differences somewhere, and yeah, you know, it's it's a tight, it's a very tired story in this industry, and, and many and other. I hope mediums. we're proven wrong. I hope the game turns out awesome. I'd love the game to come out and be fantastic. Yeah. I I really would. You know. I'll, I'll yeah. probably still buy it regardless of whether it's bad or not. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's scary as a, as a mm. consumer watching because the more, yeah. the, the more news comes out, the more, the more red flags there are. Oh, and it's not always the best news. Oh, it's, it hasn't been good news. I think all year, really, you know, like the, yeah. every big story is like, is either a delay or someone news leaving? And I don't. I, there, there's still there's yeah. still been no gameplay footage, like yeah. there's no like vertical slice available anywhere. Yeah, and yeah, and that's the thing. No showings at anything. Not even like a CGI trailer. Or anything oh, there's like a CGI. There's stuff. a CGI trailer, and there's some. But there's some recent? like no, not recent. And there's some. Yeah. There's some glimpses at like footage through like yeah. I think teaser trailers and stuff. But there's no like. Yeah. There, there's no like classic E3. Here's what our game looks like. You know, not to say E3 demos are like representative final products or anything, but they're there. Well, how about we end things off on a more positive note and and talk about Ubisoft's commitment to a an awesome new feature, which is crossover. Yes. So Ubisoft released a blog post, uh, kind of uh, note, kind of breaking down what it's going to be doing with its brand new launcher on PC, which is instead of being Uplay, which is kind of what Ubisoft's... Thank God, might I add. ...kind of Steam alternative has been on for the last few years. French publisher has now announced that it's going to change it to Ubisoft Connect. And going forward, as many future titles as possible, and that was a quote, 
is go- are going to support cross-platform saves. So whether you know you're playing, let's see, Let, let's let's look at the games. Let's we've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Hyperscape, Immortals: Phoenix Rising, Riders Republic, and Watch Dogs Legion. So all the like big five games, and they're all kind of announced so far. To have the cross save feature. These are confirmed. Yeah, yeah, and and Watch Dogs Legion was comes out this Thursday. That's going to be the first one to kick it off. Th- that'll be interesting because I don't necessarily see myself jumping between a PC and an Xbox or something, but I could see someone jumping between a Switch and a PC or a Switch and a PlayStation. You know, something like that. Well, I think it's I think it's also useful for like you know I think as we get further into this transition for the new gen a lot of people are moving to pc as well so i think it's cool if they can bring over their because all these games are releasing on current gen as well i do believe with the i'm not sure about immortals but i know assassin's creed and watchdogs are but um they're releasing on current games already out yeah hyperscape's already out and they're like they're all out they're they're all on current gen, so you know to go transitioning into that next gen, whether you're on PC or on next gen console, it'd be good to carry that save over and not have mm. to start again. I mean, you know, it's not groundbreaking like oh my god, I need this, but it's definitely a nice feature to have. You know what I mean? Hopefully, cross save means that cross play will be confirmed as well because that is awesome. Yes, and, and I think that could, like, that could be a sign. It is. Because again, that, yeah. that, that's where you can have people moving from PC to an Xbox or a PlayStation. Yeah, because if you know that it's going to have cross-save, then you know that there's going to be shared profile data, exactly. shared match history and things like it's that. Like, so, it's, like, it's like the Destiny thing, you know, where I started, like everyone started Destiny on consoles and then when it came out on PC, we all moved to PC and that ability to mm-hmm. carry saves over when they moved to Steam release was like yeah. one of the best things ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the thing. It, it it's only a positive. It's only that's a positive, just, and I mean the biggest positive. The biggest awesome. positive all to come out of this is that you play is gone. Yeah, <laughs> like let's look, be real I didn't here. Mind it so much, but I don't remember you play being very like. Oh, it's definitely like, it's notable. It's <laughs> it's not an origin. Like it's nowhere near as putrid as origin. Like it actually works, which is nice. Yeah, origin has a lot of bugs. Yeah, and I can't wait for that to go. But um. Yeah, like the EA desktop. Like I'm trying to. I've downloaded the EA desktop beta because oh, I did managed you? to get into it. I haven't. Then, I haven't. I didn't get a chance. I to. every time I try to log in, it says, "Oh, sorry, you need to be logged in with an authorized account." It's uh, like, but I downloaded it off the email you sent it to, I mean, which is my EA account. It is a beta, what? so you know, hopefully it comes out good. But that's yeah, that's, but what? Yeah, but that's you not can't a good sign. Beta without EA. <laughs> No, you cannot. <laughs> but no, Uplay itself, like it's not necessarily a bad program, but it's nowhere near a good one. Like it's clunky, yeah. it's intrusive, but it's not like the end of the world. But it's good to yeah. see it go. Like playing Rainbow Six Siege and buying it on Steam, like I never that's... had any issues linking it to Uplay. It was always like pretty smooth. To me, to like, me, that's uh, yeah. to me that was always the um. The inconvenience, though, like I, I, it wasn't like a massive thing, and it's not constant. Yeah. But I've definitely had issues where I've installed something on Steam, 
and it hasn't shown up on mm. UPlay or I've installed something on UPlay and it hasn't shown yeah. up on Steam. But the way like the way like um well modern Ubisoft games anyway work through Steam is that like it's kind of like there's like a mini version of UPlay that's just baked into the game rather than yeah having the full client running, which is which is kind of like a good way around it. Yeah. But then it kind of begs the question: What's the do point? Do you need to have your own thing? Well, that's what it all comes down to, really. Like anyone who who yeah. plays on PC knows that like gaming clients are an absolute nightmare. Like it, it's gotten yeah. to the point where I've had to, where I myself have downloaded like a third party like client manager, just so I can have everything in one yeah. place without having to be like, oh shit, do I have this? See, like, what do you use for that? Because I know Discord kind of tries. I to use do um PlayNote. 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 Yeah. Is that kind of like what Xfire used to be? I remember Xfire and then Raptor. Yeah. Where it's kind of like all your games in one place. Yeah, kind of. Track it, your hours and everything. Yeah. So it looks like it, it's it's basically like modeled after your Steam, basic Steam library, and you can just imp, you import and authenticate all your different client accounts, and they all show up in the one spot, and it just makes life so much easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that's that's, you know, it's sort of sort of like strip. Seeing, you know, EA and Ubisoft sort of making that attempt to just sort of like restart and streamline these things is nice. Oh, okay. I might check this out, man. No, because like, look, like on my PC, what have I got? I've got Steam, GOG, Uplay, Origin, Epic. Um, yeah. I had Battle.net. Um, you know, there's, yeah. there's, you've got clients everywhere. Like it, become, it becomes an absolute nightmare. I've got Epic, Origin, Battle.net, um, Uplay steam i'm sure there'll be something else added some you know i've got discord where it's got and that's not and, and that's not even talking about game specific clients like if you play an mmo or you know total yeah. war that they're all on a single client now yeah that you have to launch mm. through steam because reasons because steam yeah it's just like you know it's 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 good to see that we're finally at a point where we can you know fix these things you know death to, nah. death to origin <laughs> yeah yeah let's let's see it, you know what it wouldn't be so bad if it worked and oh, six no, months if, out of the year i can never log in so that's that's and, ev- fun. and even when you can log in getting it to actually you have to wrestle with it to get it to work like yeah. i don't have a putrid pc i said in my squadrons review i mentioned my like aging cpu because it's pretty old now but like jesus christ when I open Origin, it'd be nice if the game library loaded, and if I clicked it, it didn't crash. What 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 um what processor do you have? I've got an older i five, like a fourth gen, fifth gen. No, I think it's fourth gen. Yeah, so you're you're like I've got a fourth gen i seven. Yeah. So your yours would be the same age as mine. Yeah, but mine's because because yeah. mine's got the less power, so you know it's on the way. Yeah. I've got. A, I've, I wonder. If that's I've been the... putting off upgrading it for too long. Waiting for the new Ryzen. That's what I've been looking at. Or Intel. <laughs> I've been looking yeah, at the new. Yeah. I'm, I'm deaf because I've got Intel now. I'm definitely going to move to AMD. Yeah. I think value wise, man, you can't you can't beat it. Like no, nah, you can't. If you look at it now, and especially now with, I mean, we talked about I think last week or the week before on the on the podcast from the digest about you know just what AMD's promising with the new Ryzen chips. Like, like it's, it's insane. It's see you later EA. Like I'm not EA. <laughs> see you later <laughs> Intel. See you later Intel. I'm sorry. I think EA has become shorthand for, for trash. Like, bad. <laughs> for train <laughs> for bad bad corporate moves in the gaming technology space oh it's, 100% yeah. it's all about it's Andrew House man it's, it's Andrew him. House it all comes back to him so it's a he's a, a bad like he, what are, what's happening with Aussies in the game I, I don't know man it's just Andrew House and his, his, his square jaw <laughs> he looks like a footy player and it I yeah, don't know he looks, he looks <laughs> like someone that would have bullied 
the game developers working at EA. He, you know he, I mean? he looks like you, your typical like full forward. And even his his smile just looks there's something evil about it. He's like, got the corporate smile. Nah, I, I'm sure he's a. I'm sure yeah, he's, he's probably fine. a lovely guy. He, he's probably like he the looks. greatest guy ever. But like you know, he, he's a corporate yeah. and he looks corporate. <laughs> Let's say what you will. Yeah. But no, like uh, yeah, bring yeah. bringing it back. You know, you can't go wrong with cross save. Yeah, it's, it's a nice feature, and it's good. You know, Ubisoft yeah. committing for consumer friendly practices is always good. Yeah, and like you know, like with squadrons, dude. Yeah, like having crossplay on that—that's awesome. Oh, having crossplay on that saved me because, as yeah. as I said, you can play with more people. But it's a niche game; yeah. it needs crossplay. But as I said in my review, I you know my PC struggled after a while once I hit like a certain yeah. point in the campaign. So being able yeah. to move to Xbox and still play with everyone I would have on PC, yeah. lifesaver. Especially now you've got Microsoft's like party integration on PC. You know, yeah. like these sorts of things are needed now. Like yeah. I, I, I see them as like a standard now, having cross play and yeah. cross support. Yeah, exactly. With your with your monitor, not your monitor, with your CPU, have you overclocked it, man? Pardon? Have you overclocked your processor? Uh yeah. Yeah. What What are you running at? So I think now I'm running at three point five. What is the stock? A st- the stock was like... Th- was it was a 4570K? Nah, it, was, it, it it didn't have a K. I can't even remember the model oh. of it. It didn't have a K. Oh, yeah. it's, it's like an older i5. When I say older i5, I mean older i5. Like one of the first... Wow, because if it, it didn't have a K, then it wouldn't it wouldn't overclock. You wouldn't be able to overclock without it. Well, maybe it's not overclocked. Without a K. Then. Again, I haven't, muck- oh, okay. I haven't mucked around with my PC for a long time Okay. Now. Base frequency three point two gigahertz. So I think part of the re- yeah. So look, I've got the i seven forty seven seventy k. Yeah. But I think the thing with mine, the reason why it's actually like doing all right in games, is that it's overclocked from three point five gigahertz to four point five. So that's like yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's right up there with like modern Ryzen. Yeah, see, mine, stuff, my, you know? I can't with mine. I'm, yeah, I'm so that's the that thing. Your yeah. That's yeah, and as I said, like the upgrades coming eventually. When it ain't cheap, it ain't cheap exactly. <laughs> and like I'd like to be back at work before I do that. <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. But exactly. you know, that's the joys of PC gaming. <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. You know what? We've uh, we've been talking for more than an hour now. How about we cap off this by uh, you know telling everyone at home. Thank you for your support. You can go to doublejump.co to read all of our latest content. If you want some more details about the news we talked about, our latest digest is up now. So please have a read through it. We've got a lot more news from the week that we didn't get to cover in the today's episode. And yeah, um, if you want to watch us live on Twitch, you can go to doublejump.co slash Twitch. And you can also find our uh, Twitch schedule up on all of our various social media links. So head over to doublejump.co slash links for links to our social media places. Share, like the stuff we do, and tell your friends. Because uh, you know what? We're building a community here. That's that's the main thing. We're all here to have fun. Welcoming. We're welcoming. That's it. No one's going <laughs> to... We don't bite. We don't bite. You know, maybe maybe we'll get a maybe Ty will uh, do a stream one day of him teaching everyone how to <laughs> make sushi or something, something awesome. 
had a season of steak. Had a season of steak. Compelling content. Compelling. You know what? That's why I was talking to I was talking to Jake, and I was like, you know what? When I build my computer, I might do that as a live stream, and then and we're gonna have chat while I'm building the computer. Nah, and, do you know, it. That'll be that'll be fun. Do it. All right, that all right, that's that's. If the internet's taught me anything, it's watching people build computers is more fun than actually building them. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, that'd be great. It'll be fun, man. That's it. You can be double jump. You can you can be double jumps, Henry Henry Cavill. If you, have you seen that? <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome, man. Good on him. That's it. I mean, it's it's like the most expensive thing I've ever seen, but it's yeah, still like cool. He didn't, yeah, exactly. But you know what? He's one of us. He's one of us. We've claimed, we've claimed him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome so yeah if you if you guys want to see more of our stuff head over to the homepage, join us on the discord community and say hello and you know what if you like the podcast please subscribe that's it come back tell your friends listen some more come back <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a long one it's been a long one <laughs> alrighty Ty thank you so much dude thank you so much for joining me pleasure mate always happy to be on alright folks thank you so much for listening and until next time look out for one another Bye. Microsoft, not Microsoft. Tweet. Sorry, I just got a pop-up from Microsoft. God damn it.